Welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Praise the Lord. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, Paul. Paul. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Uh, thank you for joining us today on Streams in the Wilderness. I'm joined this morning with Pastor Steve here from Court Church. I think Pastor Hamp will be in sometime in the next few minutes. And of course, our guest this morning is Pastor Paul Hackett from uh, Monaghan, not originally from Monaghan, Paul, but from that direction. And delighted to have you with us this morning. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Pastor Nick. It's an absolute privilege uh, to be here with you guys. It's great to see us. <laughs> it is, isn't we, it? It's great to it see is. you, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, it's so hard to be humble. First of all, can I, again, just say, um, um, what? Uh, Hamp, there you are. Lovely to see Hi, you. Hey, Hamp. Are you there, Hamp? You getting us okay? Yeah. How are you? Hey, Paul. We're doing good. We're doing good. Before before we uh, we kick off this morning, because we yeah, want to get some conversations. Yeah, 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 we can hear you. Uh, before we kick off and 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 have some conversations with Pastor Paul to hear about what the Lord's doing up there in the north, um, I do want us to pay a little tribute at the start of this morning to a very dear friend of ours. This has been a, a very sorrowful time. Not just the COVID. COVID has been wretched. But also, too, in the last two weeks, we've lost we've lost people that are significant to us. Uh, Brother Rick Higgins, as everybody knows now, his daughter-in-law, uh, or his future daughter-in-law, Winchester's fiance, was tragically killed uh, by a drunk driver. Actually, that's the end. Of it. it was a drunk driver came across, the, hit into a minivan, hit into a car, and then struck her SUV and killed her outright. And um, we were just contending with that and dealing with that emotionally because we love Winchester Higgins and the Hagen family and we know the turmoil they've been going through and um, and they had to bury her and a closed casket at that. So it was a very, very diff- difficult time, as well as millions of people um, dealing with COVID and losing their jobs and losing loved ones. Uh, yesterday morning, I woke up uh, to the awful news that William Carl uh, had passed away. Pastor William Carl, uh, Pastor William Carl. For some of you who don't know him, he was a, a pastor at Times Square Church and moved on, still as an ordained minister at World Challenge to become a, a Bible teacher at Summit International School of Ministry. And uh, Pastor William, you know, he's, if those of you who know his ministry, if you don't know, we encourage you to get into the TSC website, start listening to some of the old messages. You'll understand immediately what sort of the, what sort of caliber he was, but well, William uh, was actually a homeless man originally. I mean, he's an African American, so faced a lot of discrimination annual because of his socio-economic ethnic background, and uh, was homeless. Got saved under the ministry of David Wilkerson's ministry. They sent him to Bible school. Uh, the man was an unbeknownst to everybody genius. And and, and uh, I let Hamp share a little bit about that if we have you in. You, are you with us, Hamp? Because you look very still in that photograph. I think Hamp's yeah, Hamp looks like he's chromatose there this morning. Yeah. So we'll try to we'll, we'll try to get you. Uh, I'm here. Oh, we can hear you. Just uh, okay, right. Yeah. But uh, William, as I said, William went to Bible school. Eventually, went and pastored in Denver, Colorado. Uh, he worked with Neil Rhodes, actually. Incidentally, Neil just told me that yesterday that they both worked with youth ministry. So there we go, and worked with Gary Wilkerson. 
Uh, Neil was brought up to Times Square Church, and William took on the church in Denver for a number of years, and eventually he was brought to the t uh, preaching teaching staff of Times Square Church. And uh, my 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 memory of William, my first memory of William was that he came over to preach at the Summerfire Conference. It was my first time to meet him. I heard about this African-American genius, this man, very unassuming man, because he was very quiet, very mild-mannered, uh, very unpretentious, yet he had an intellect bigger than all of us put together on the screen, I can tell you, uh, without insulting anybody. Mm -hmm. And uh, loved the Lord. And uh, But he had just been married, and him and Tracy were in the back of my car. Carter Conlon was in the front seat, and we're, we're traveling to... Um, Trebulgan, and not Trebulgan, to Kilkey for the Summer Fire Conference. And I had never met William before, but they, they're still on honeymoon. They're kissing in the back seat. I mean, all this passage, like they're snogging and kissing. And, and, and he's, he actually is 20 years older than her as well. It's not that he looked that. You know, she's, you know, they looked fantastic together. So, but I'm thinking, like, come on, man, you're like, you're, you're, you're in your 40s now, and uh, you don't find yourself, find a hotel room. We're getting embarrassed, you know. What I'm trying to say is that they had such a romantic life, uh, such a love for each other, and it struck me that this, this man, because some pastors we have dismissed this thinking that maybe if we show a romantic feeling towards a loved one or expressions of love, it's not really stoic enough. It's not really, you can't imagine Jesus acting like that or Paul or, you know, and yet he had such a passionate love and demonstrated his love to his wife. And that is something that I loved all about William, not just the preaching, the integrity of William, the, the, the quality of the messages, but his ability to show love to his wife and, um, and I was talking to Teresa Conlon yesterday, guys, and I was telling her this. We were both weeping on the phone, actually, recording our memories of William. And she said, well, you didn't hear the story that on their wedding day, the two of them were caught in the cloakroom kissing away. <laughs> this is on a wedding. So this is a man that has been saved from the streets, come to Bible school, finds love, and it's like he found Jesus, the, the first love, and then he, Jesus gives him another love. And he, he was such a delightful, delightful Wonderful man, Hamp, and just share a couple of moments yeah. of what you know of him, Hamp. Yeah, uh, William, as you said, he he definitely um, he was the most prolific theologian I have ever had a chance to meet. He was he was sent to uh, Bible schools. Actually, was at the first year of Mount Zion. There went through that program. He came through Timothy House uh, off the streets into that into that men's program. Then he went out to Mount Zion the first year there. Uh, they, they, Pastor Dave and them recognized straight away the caliber. Uh, he was an artist. I mean, could do numbers of different things. Brilliant, brilliant mind. And I think he, he fast-tracked through um, the academic world. I think he got a degree in two years, which is like a four-year degree, and then a master's, went on and did went and above and beyond, but it was just his spirit. He was just probably the one of the most humblest men. Uh, he struggled with diabetes. He was almost blind, and uh, he had a lot of health, a myriad of health issues. And um, when we were there last year, I sat and talked with him probably for an hour, and, you know, I was just blown away. We talked about suffering. That was the conversation. I was just asking him how he navigated through this, and <clears throat> he was so thankful actually for uh the opportunity uh to to go through all of his physical difficulties because his he it just brought him closer to the lord 
uh, and he was actually, and it was a genuine gratitude in his heart for God's balances in his life. And uh, I was really blessed. I know I was in tears a couple of times as I just listened to him and talked to him um, and just felt very edified. And you always went away from, from William sensing that you had met with the Lord. It was, there was a, a, a gentleness, but there was something in his heart. He just was a man that was uh, filled with the Holy Spirit and really couldn't say enough good about him. But uh, one, of, one of the finest preachers, if you have a chance to listen, Listen back, very passionate. He was, a, he was a brilliant orator, but at the heart of it, he loved the Lord. And uh, God had done so much for him. Like you said, he was sleeping on a park bench, homeless, walked into Times Square Church, got saved, and the rest was history. He eventually became a pastor in that church. So it was a, it was a rags to riches, redemption story uh, that was, it was phenomenal, phenomenal. So... It really was a pl- it was a privilege to actually get and sit with him. Yeah, Paul. Paul, were you, you there at me? that Kilkee? Yeah, we can't help. We can hear you, Paul. Were you there at that Kilkee conference, the first conference at William? You weren't there, yeah. no. No, I never had uh, the, yeah. the privilege of Kate. Ah, <laughs> uh, really? You you were kind of unborn out of time, were you then with with Summer Fire Conference? <laughs> late in time, is it? Late in time. I I I had all the blessings down to Trabalgan. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, brilliant. We'll yeah. get to Trabalgan. We'll get to Trabalgan. Steve, do you remember that first conference, Carter Condon and, and and William Carroll preaching for us? Do you remember? Have you any take home memories? Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I remember that in, in Kilkee we borrowed a pulpit, and I think it was from a Methodist church. It was the Methodist uh, church, you're right. Yeah, and, and we borrowed this pulpit, and that pulpit never had as much abuse as when William Carroll uh, <laughs> preached. <laughs> he he would he, uh, he would he would hit the pulpit, and this cloud of dust would come, and you'd think it was the anointing. It was, uh, <laughs> but but it was it was just a huge cloud of dust. There, there was fire. There was real fire in the man, you know, just the yeah. anointing of the Holy Spirit, and and yeah. It, it, he, he would preach and, and the word would just come washing over you. Um, and I, rem- I remember him speaking about, I still remember the message about Elijah and Elisha and Elisha mm-hmm. serving Elijah. I still remember that message. Mm-hmm. Uh, deeply impacted me. Just just a beautiful man and so humble. Yeah. With all his gifting, with all his anointing, so humble, yeah. just yeah. willing to serve. Just, just a beautiful example. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you're right. We we actually uh, borrowed that pulpit from the local Methodist church, and apparently John Wesley, um, all those years earlier, obviously preached in that very Wes- Wesleyan church there and preached from that pulpit. So uh, I think that really gave William a lot of gusto. He loved history, so he loved a lot of the, 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 the background story with that. But that was a great conference. And, you know, when you when you think about it, gentlemen, when you think about the the... the the unbeknownst to us, we were running summer conference for years, uh, doing what we c- could to help the Irish church develop its testimony and grow and encourage leaders and churches and people. And then all of a sudden, I, I, I get this notion, which I knew was from the Holy Spirit. I was meant to go see David Wilkerson. God told me, go see David Wilkerson. And I tell the story to people that laugh because I never even saw David Wilkerson in my life. I I, I had the, the Cross and the Switchblade book and 
it was actually Pat Boone in the back, and I thought, you know, Pat Boone's quite a handsome-looking man. When I got to meet David Wickerson, he looked a bit austere-looking. I told David Wickerson this, he laughed. I said, you don't look at me like the guy in the book. And uh, so uh, and through that relationship, uh, I, I do remember when, um, I, you know, I met him in New York. I took I took a trip over with my family, went there. There was, there was no way I was going to get to see David Wickerson. He had 5,000 bodyguards. That's what people were telling me. No, no, that was true, of course. And uh, but I anyway, know set of miracles happened. I got to meet David Wilkerson and shared the heart of the Irish Church with him. And I remember him looking at me. He said, "Well, I can't make your conference. Uh, I'll come sometime, maybe, but I'll send you my pastor." And I and I'm thinking, oh, who, "Who's your pastor?" He said, "My pastor is Pastor Carter Conlon." And I looked at him and I said, "I don't want Carter Conlon." And I said, "Carter, this he lasts." I said, I want you, 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 the Lord told me to come over and invite you. He says, and he, like you chuckled that time, Stephen, he chuckled the same way. I said, who's Pastor? I said, nobody's heard of him. I said, you know, I said, I said you know, Pastor, Dave, I, I don't know if this ministry, this man's ministry, I don't know anything about him. I said, I've never heard of him. He said, he said, can you trust me? And that's, that's the kind of gotcha moment. I said, so, yeah, of course I can trust you. And uh, he said, you're going to be blessed. And I remember that first year he brought William Carroll with him. And, um, uh, you know, that set a, a direction, um, a, a directional change, actually, both in our emphasis in theology and in our, in, our, in our prism of discerning the mind of God and what is the spirit, what is the flesh, what's the devil, because they're all different things. The flesh is the flesh, the spirit is the spirit of God, and the enemy is the enemy. And there's three, you know, they're the three contentions that are, we deal with in ministry. And, and I remember it was really, it was true that, New covenant uh, understanding that lens in which we interpret the the the, the life of God, that that first conference with Carter Conlon. Because do you all remember? We I won't mention the man's name because he since passed away. We had a, another preacher from the UK, and it was a big wig, and everybody was trying to get him to the conferences, and we managed to get him there. But yet it was one of these preachers that tried to get a notion about God, and then try to get the Bible to fit that notion. You know, um, as a lot of prosperity preachers do, they take the idea, "What should God as much as it does he?" You know what I mean? And they kind of look as just sort of entrapment in their eyes, and so therefore, with that first phrase, they try to pull out scriptures effectively and build the story. Line. And that's how people get into error, of course, because they, they, the first the foundation is wrong. When the foundation is wrong, the building is going to lean one way or another, or it's going to collapse altogether. And I remember with with Carter Conan, this this preacher was wowing us with a load of nothing. It was like he yeah. was a great speaker. He was quite charismatic. He was very confident. Everything that we Irish people want, because we don't tend to be confident, and we tend to be kind of a little bit like, well, what do we Irish pumpkins know? And these big ministries know everything, and um, and we're being a little bit kind of wowed by nothing. And then I remember Pastor Carter gets up, takes the pulpit the first night, and it was whatever he has. We yeah. want that. You got it yeah. in your spirit. And then William then preached, and uh, it was a it was a phenomenal. But just that change, um, uh, Steve. Do you remember that change of new covenant, and oh, and right. how it came to affect our, our discernment and our whole value system, really? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I remember, I remember that that night that Carter Collins spoke, um, uh, and the contrast between uh, him and, and the previous speaker, um, how that. He, he just opened the scriptures and started to expound them. He didn't have the, the clever stories. He didn't have uh, the, the, maybe the humor that the, the pre previous guy had. Not that Carter is in any way an eloquent, but yeah. that he wasn't dependent on that. Yeah. And, yeah. and the anointing of the Holy Spirit on that 
was, was tangible. You, you could just, you could taste the presence of God. And I remember my heart just singing. My heart was resonating with this. And, and I remember saying to myself, I don't know exactly what it is that Carter has, but that's what I want. That's Amen. what I want. And, and that started a journey, I think for all of us, yeah. a, a journey of finding out, because we wanted what was right. We wanted what was pure. We wanted what was of God. We didn't want rubbish. We didn't want false teachings or false doctrines. And sometimes some of those were easy to discern, but it was still, uh, it was like we were sort of trying to find the treasure. And mm-hmm. and that whole journey then of, of Pastor Carter and the relationship with Times Square Church and then steering us towards understanding the new covenant, it was just treasure to us and, and brought us into just a whole different uh, paradigm, a whole different way of looking at at our own lives and the lives of others, the life of the church and the scriptures. Mm-hmm. You know, that whole new lens of... of of seeing, looking through, through Christ, as it were, and and seeing seeing Him overlaid over everything, you know, just it, it changed everything, and it brought life. You mm-hmm. know, where, where before we were striving, uh, striving to do what was right, it, it could it could lean a bit into legalism, and and you wanted what was right, you know, but you didn't want legalism, but it was hard to figure that out. But you know, whenever whenever it came to, no, I, I need to let the life of Christ live through me, then it's not legalism anymore, it's life. Mm-hmm, yeah. you know, and, and some of those those journeys and discoveries were, I remember just, it was life to me. I remember tapping into Times Square Church and, and, and just trying to mine out what is it that they have there and... Uh, eventually getting on to the message of the New Covenant that, that David Wilkerson preached and, and and ultimately getting on to his book. But um, I remember thinking, the New Covenant, ah, I've read Hebrews, I kind of know what that's about. You know, I, I, you know, that's how it works up in the heavenlies. And, and I ignored that message for a wee while <laughs> and eventually then came back to it and discovered, ah, here's, here's the, the core of the New Covenant. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, just for the, the the great appreciation that we all have, um, you know, for, for the ministry of David Wilkerson and Times Square Church, um, all the all the influences, like William being just one, uh, Neil Rhodes, uh, another, of course, Pastor Teresa Conlon, Pastor David himself, Pastor Gary, Tim Delina, you know, Claude Hood, all these men and women, you know, all of a sudden you begin to see there's, there is something running through these people in their thinking and in their emphasis and um, that was very unique in, in the, not in, in the sense of what was what we were seeing elsewhere around in church circles where where people were all about dreaming your dream and uh, because it's becoming a better you and it was it was more yeah. motivational style and you, you know there's greatness in you and 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 the emphasis was more on the you than the person who was in you so which which was you know very appealing to the flesh and kind of dressed up with the scriptures and uh, I, I remember, you know, learning from David Wilkerson because uh, I read his book. Actually, read the book. I think I was. I would say I probably read it three times, not fully, but ask, all of it once, and then aspects of it a couple of times because I still didn't catch it. I was very jaundiced with David Wilkerson uh, and Carter. I, I loved the life I saw, and I loved the integrity that I knew knew to be there. But I'm thinking, 
this guy, I mean, David Lucas, and I know you're a greater man of God than I have, and you've achieved much more than I'll ever achieve. But you, do you think we've all been going up the left for the last uh, 2,000 years and all of a sudden you discovered a new covenant you know, or something? What's new about this? And I was very, like, you're battling in my head. These people, yeah. and of course, the new covenant is the New Testament. It's not anything new. It's something old that's been distorted uh, because of misinterpretation, because of, it, because yeah. of an ignorance of, of, of soteriology, the story of salvation, you know, um, then... then Everything. If your if your basis of your Christian experience is faulty, even though it can be ninety percent right or ninety nine percent right, if the foundation is off, then I, as a young boy, I was involved in building. I left school at fifteen to become an electrician. So I, I was in building sites, and I'd seen buildings that were not pinned properly by a proper foundation. They began to crack and they lean. Yeah. And so when the church is not built in a proper understanding of soteriology and and, and truth. The church building leans naturally towards either legalism, where really you can be anything you want in there, and church, Jesus loves us all anyhow, bye, you know. <laughs> and uh, RS becomes legalistic and, 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 and pharisaical, and there's no life there either. There's more life in the bottle of a, in a beer bottle, and people leave it in their droves. But yet to find someone that says, oh no, this is, this is all about Christ. And so I've noticed one thing, and I think you would attest, guys, that with the, pre the preaching that comes from covenant preachers, it is always Christ centered. It's always the emphasis in, in his work, his grace, what he has done, what he has promised. And the only reaction that God wants to, for us to have is faith, is to believe yeah, him. That's right. He'll produce the supernatural outworking of that. And, uh, and, so, and, and, and some people think that's easy beliefism. I would say try it because it's not everything in you will try to, for, will try to make your own way. Everything in you will yeah. try to find, provide a, a new way of it of alleviating your problems and all it does is make you gray old and sick and frustrated and depressed as a christian so you know that's been a major major paul you you uh i'll introduce you a little bit towards the end but i want you involved in the conversation okay because everybody knows you and you're online everybody knows you pastor paul hackett and monaghan you'll you give us an update later towards the end of this broadcast and what god's doing but you came in a little later at the summer fire end uh, yeah. the conference, and, and you joined us in, 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 in Trebulgan here in Cork. And very quickly, we, we saw the hand of God in you and Moira. I, I, you know that. I've already shared that with you, that, yeah. you know, we, we saw a devotion in you and, and a love for truth. And, and, uh, but I do remember one, I can't remember when it was one summer fire, you came up to me. At this stage, you were both in employment. You were living in Dublin. You had a young family. And, uh, you told me that you had a call of God to go full time. Can you, do you remember that time? I do. I remember it very well. And, um, you, you know, you, you were fantastic. I, what impacted me, um, how God spoke to me, was when we arrived at Summer Fire, we, we had heard a lot of different preaching. And when we arrived at Summer Fire, um, as Stephen said there, there was something that the preachers had that we'd never heard before. And we wanted yeah. it. <laughs> we wanted it and um the different preachers getting up and and speaking um from god's heart to us and when we left summer fire we were impacted in our lives we 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 had this spiritual supernatural moment where god had impacted our lives and the best way i describe the people is when when we looked at that and we looked at what we were experiencing it wasn't the same and what we want what we got at summer fire was the word of god but what you see in the book of Acts, the New Testament church and how they lived and how they were impacted. So we were like a people um, 
I liken it to walking along uh, in Dublin and looking in a window of a restaurant that everybody's in the restaurant having a great time and enjoying this great food. And I'm outside going, why can't I be in there with them? <laughs> <laughs> How do I get into that restaurant, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, so listening to teaching on the New Covenant um, being pointed towards David Wilkinson, tuning into Times Square Church's teaching on the New Covenant and how God opened that up to us and how we rest in Christ. And this desire came into my heart then to uh, God called us into ministry. And I remember approaching you, not in fear and trembling, but just, you know, is you, you want to speak to someone who is a, a such a spiritual father, a leader, someone who has had a great uh, impact in your life. And you want to, you know, that it's not, your will that it's god's will so i remember that well i i remember you coming to me paul and uh, because i know how difficult it is to be a minister and to carry a church in my heart and you probably read a little i, I really wanted you to know this was the lord because yeah. if you're not called uh, and it's false yeah. fire yet it, it, it's you, you're going it, it, the sheep can be savage you know people can be very unkind and uh, you and i just talked before this broadcast about the Liverpool, because you're a Man United fan. I mean, yeah. I mean, you, you can't be perfect. I understand that, but uh, yeah. <laughs> get tablets for it here. <laughs> but uh, uh, you, uh, you, you know, you, you, you. I just can't remember what I was going to say about Liverpool, Man United. That was out of my mind. But uh, the the reality is that you, you, you could so easily see how people can change and how you, you said to me, "You're only as good as your last game in the in the league." and 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 sometimes in church you're only as good as your last message. It, with some people, they, they just write you off. That was good, but next week uh, and, and you know to dinner. And I knew that. And when you came to me and started to share about this burden you and Maura had, once you knew it was the Lord, I was happy. But I really wanted to test that in you that day, and I could see something in your eyes. I mean, we had seen at the hand of God on you and you over the, that previous year. We, we knew God was doing something in your lives as our leaders. We, you know, you see, you, it's, it's obvious. You can see when God's stirring somebody. But when you said the two, I mean, the two of you had good jobs. Your wife was a civil servant, and I, I can't remember what you were, but you had good jobs, and all of a sudden you were going to go to Bible school and, and uh, for four years up north, and you had your own family and how to carry it financially. The massive step of faith that you made. And, and look at you today. Here you are now. I mean, God has brought you onto the new covenant. You're centered on Christ. Uh, you're establishing a work for the Lord. Tell us a little bit now, because uh, what's happening in your life? Because I know you were you were part of a church there, but now you've since moved on. So give us a little bit of background for those who are watching this morning. Well, um, God called me into ministry in a church in a in a, in a great town, Coot Hill in County Cavan, a Dublin man in Cavan, and. Um, I, you know, you, you probably you, you probably have to apologise for all the cavern jokes you, you said in your youth, okay? Well, I, I tell you, all the sugar, uh, the fork and the sugar bowl jokes, all them um, <laughs> jokes. Because you, because I, I noticed when I was in Dublin years ago, you took great fun in, in mocking cavern people. The dubs did particularly. <laughs> we, we, we did, we did especially this year, and uh, when, when we lifted the trophy again, we, we <laughs> I think oh. we rubbed them with everybody. <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. But no, it, we weren't expecting that. We knew we knew God had called us in to, to ministry, and we didn't know where we were going. But we we just said in our hearts, Lord, wherever you want to take us, we will go. And the Lord really spoke into our hearts, saying, I will provide for you, just trust me. And mm -hmm. God called us to Coot Hill. It was a small uh, church um, 
I think it was established about 30 years. There was still some of the founding members there. And um, we went in. We loved the people. They loved us. And the first thing Cod did was push us out into the town, into the housing estates. And it was to get out and, and start sharing the gospel. And God really blessed that. And we, we had an amazing time and we, we were able to journey with people in the church and um, share the new covenant and also introduce some uh, friends and that down to Summer Fire so they could be a part of the, the greater church family and see what God was doing in Ireland. And then last year, um, before uh, or the previous year, before uh, COVID uh, started in 2019, the Lord had laid in our hearts to move on. And uh, just to take that um, step of faith uh, to move on, we we didn't want to let go, to be honest, because we love the people and we 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 we'd our you know um, our hand in so many people's lives that we loved and we cared about. But you know, God shakes the tree sometimes until you fall out, and He shook the tree. <laughs> and uh, we, we 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 fell out of that. We. We knew God was calling us to do a work in Monaghan, but we didn't know what that was. And, you know, I'm the type of person who likes to put things in pigeonholes. And I was going, it's going to be this. It has to be this. It has to be that. And different people were approaching us saying, do you want to be a part of this and that? They all seemed so attractive. And we we, we were lining up to look at different things. And then I got a, a you know, I, I had a lump behind my ear for a long time and they kept telling me it was eczema and stuff like that and then it appeared in my chest and I went to the doctor um, in it would have been COVID had started and they made an appointment to see me they, they were worried about it when they saw photographs of it and uh, the results came back and it was it was a, a skin cancer and I was like what <laughs> so oh, well. that, that that shock when you turn on TV and they tell you there's a pandemic and you're going that only that happens in movies. It can't happen in real life. It happens to other people, not to us. It, the, the shock of, of this, and I was going, well, it'll be okay, won't it? And they said it, it was benign. However, I had been there a while, and it was growing in fairly large in underneath my ear, into my nerves, and, and so on. And on my chest, it was fairly big, and but all inward. So uh, to, to be honest, um, I was shocked, and uh, I had to practice what I preach. <laughs> that's the truth um i i you know hamp you said something there about speaking with uh pastor william carroll who's gone home to the lord about um how he drew close to god through sickness and illness and i think all of us in our walk can identify with that so god has drawn us uh close to him through this and um so i went for surgery in september and they got rid of it um they cut it out um i had a biopsy for a few other things and i've Praise the Lord! I've um, got the all clear, and um, I just uh, just have to get healthy and fit again, uh, lose a few pounds, and uh, get back on back on track. But I, I tell you guys, the Lord, you know, my walk was drawn so close to God through this, and I thank God for it. Um, my wife, my family, we are so close at the moment in ways that we never were before. And uh, all glory to God. And uh, we're resting in Christ and in, in, in the finished work of Calvary and uh, just trying to share our faith and be effective. And what we're doing in Monaghan now, we um, over Christmas and that, we wanted to reach out to the people around us uh, with the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And mm -hmm. 
that's what we've done through online means and we've been doing online bible studies with people who have contacted us so there's a beginning of a work here we believe and uh, that's what we're focusing on on the moment uh, getting healthy and fit and just wait really waiting for that clear voice from god to you know continue on in this and this is what i want you to do but at the moment we just want to be faithful and and share our faith and uh you know reach 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 the lost with the gospel well don can i just commend you because from the from, from the very time that god started to stir you and more and you started to come to summer fire you were the sort of couple that immediately wanted to help and get involved you weren't slothful you weren't kind of just you know, standing back, observing, and um, you quickly got involved in Summer Fire, became part of the national, the, the committee for, for implementing conference uh, at, on site and and became a great help to all of us. And not only that, you've been a great help to Patrick of the National Youth Ministry as well. So in so many areas, even though a small work, um, you have had a huge impact in the few years that you've been in ministry and, and I believe will have many, many more prosperous years if the Lord doesn't come back before then in impacting the Irish church. But honestly, I do want to commend you because we, we saw in you not just a kind of a verbalizing commitment. You know, you can verbalize anything. It's about, it's about the walk, isn't it, at the end of the day, what, what sort of what sort of character. And I do believe that you're going to bring that quality into Monaghan Town and and that uh, that, that that genuine I love Nehemiah you know Nehemiah they prayed and they worked they had the practical and the spiritual working together you know what I mean and I think I think you you embody that Paul as a minister of the gospel I think you have a, you and more have a purity that we we love about you and your family and uh, we love working alongside you with the conference as well just to let you know that everybody really respects you and praise God pray for you every day pray for your wife every day oh, thank and, you uh, Pastor Nick. thank you so much is there anything? Um, is there? I think just. Is there anything that maybe God has been saying to you? Is there a verse or maybe something that was put on your heart for us today? Um, if, if not, don't worry about that. But just to give you the opportunity, if there was, just to share that RS prayer need. If there's anything that you want us to pray about and and track uh, you on. Well, the, something that's really, really encouraged me uh, through the lockdown um, with all the, I suppose the the things we're so used to doing, we couldn't do and it affects us in all different ways and it, god god really pushed me back into his word in a deeper way than ever before and a, a psalm that i really i suppose is everybody has their favorite passage or book in the bible but my my this psalm has just st stuck to me like glue psalm 77 and the psalmist in it um is is impacted uh you know he's he's a man of god and but when he's crying out to God, it says, God is not hearing him. It's, it's almost he has crawled in on his hands and knees into the sanctuary. And he's like, where are you, God? And mm -hmm. his faith gets so impacted that he's almost saying, you know, he, he questions God. Has God forgotten to be gracious? He's nearly comparing God to a man. Um, has he, in his anger, um, shut up his tender mercies? But in verse 10, there's this pivotal change in direction. And, and, and I love this. And this really blessed me. And he, he got his eyes off himself and the problem and got his eyes on who God is and God's promises and that God keeps his promises. And he says, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. And he starts to focus on what God had said to his people and what God had done for his people. And that had not changed. And you see that through to the covenant and he reflects to that time when when they were taken out of Egypt through through the Red Sea and, and, and how God had kept his promise. And 
the last verse it says you led your people like a flock by the hand of mm. Moses and Aaron and the truth for me through all of this um that you know the Lord is my shepherd and every day in every way he just keeps leading me and guiding me he leads me he feeds me but but I just keep being brought back to this truth of remembering who God is that he has not changed that he yeah. is Amen. you know the promises through Jesus Christ he is keeping me you know I am not going to stumble he is my fortress he is my shield he is my defense mm, Amen. all those promises and so my encouragement to people who are listening is start focusing on those wonderful promises in the word of God that are true and that you can stand on. And he has not changed, not a bit. And he just wants to change and uh, just to glorify him. So that that's what I have just to share there, Nick. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you so much, Paul. God bless you. Um, you know, I have a verse I want to just read out because of the testimony that we've been um, doing this morning to William Carroll uh, Psalm 116 verse 15 is very well known but let me just read you a few vers versions of that verse the first one is NIV version it says precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servants the New Living Translation said the Lord cares deeply when his loved ones die not beautiful the Lord cares deeply uh, the English Standard Version says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. The Berean Bible study says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Same again. King James is the same. But I love that new living. The Lord cares deeply when his loved ones die. Amen. So for anyone watch, watching this morning, <coughs> and there has been loved ones that have passed on, not just our beloved William and, and uh, Hannah last week, but you may have had a family member or a friend uh, someone close to you or someone distant to you, but you still have affection, the Lord cares deeply for them. Amen. And uh, that really moves my heart because it gives you a sense of the heart of God um, and how God does nurture and care and understands our frailties and has made preparation for all of our journeys. So, um, you know, just for William again, just to go back to, to William, Carol, and to the testimony that he has left on our lives uh, through his ministry, the continuation of, you could say, that stream of New Covenant preachers. Uh, we just want to say how much we have loved this man. I'm so thankful for the 56 years. He was only 56, friends. He was a young man. And um, the 56 years he was on this world, he's left behind his lovely wife and uh, his lovely daughter, uh, Janine. Uh, Tracy, his wife, but Janine is now 14 years old, so very tender for her. We've got to remember her in prayer. I'm going to, the reason I'm saying that in closing because we're going to pray for the Carroll family in closing. I'm going to ask Brother Hamp maybe to pray for him and um, maybe you, Paul, you pray as well for the family as well. I pray for those who are grieving in Zion that the Lord would give them beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning. But yeah, we do thank God um, and we don't forget the tremendous uh, heritage that we're friends we've, we have and we esteem them before the Lord. Let's go to prayer this morning. Brother Hamp, you just lead, lead us in prayer for the Carl family and then Brother Paul after that. Thank you. Hallelujah. Father, we just come to you and Lord, we do thank you. Lord, how your word says if a sparrow falls, you're mindful. Um, and God, when one of your saints comes to glory, Lord, it's precious. It's precious to you. 
uh, Lord, it's the it's the end of a journey, uh, Lord, that you designed, that you brought him home, and he's very much alive, very much in your presence, very whole, seeing, hearing, using his hands, Lord, that were crippled, Lord, uh, blessing him, being with him, and Lord, we just thank you for that truth, Lord. This is this is his heart's desire is to be with you. And Lord, that's happened. But Lord, we we do mourn on this side of the loss, the void that this man leaves. Lord, I I, I pray for Tressie. I pray for their child. Lord, I pray for Janine. God, that you would be with them, that you would touch them. This young widow, Lord, yes. uh, this young daughter that's lost her father, who Jesus. who she loved and who he loved so much. God, we just lift them before you. Let them be yes, Lord. Time. Yes blessing lord of their lives god i just pray that you would come and that you would pour out your spirit on them lord i ask you god that you would come even to summit and his co-workers yes, and pastor yes. carter and Teresa and the whole family there that yes, you would lord. pour out your spirit and bless them lord and the students lord who loved them the the yes. impact that he made on their lives god be with them as their morning as well we lift them before you now god and we ask you lord Father, that in the memorial of this man, that uh, your spirit would move, Lord. Your spirit would touch lives. God, maybe yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Had and others had. Lord, we just ask that, Lord, in his death, many more would come to Christ. In his passing on, Lord, in the testimony that he leaves, Lord, many more souls would come to Christ, Lord. And his work, though he's gone, would is still yes. unfinished. Hallelujah. The recordings and legacies you, and testimonies. Bless yes, Lord. Man. Lord, I ask you, God, Lord, to just come, wrap your arms around your people and bless them. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise thank God. You. Thank, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. God, we thank you Hallelujah. so much for the life of our dear brother, Pastor William. We thank you, Father God, for calling him into out of this darkness into the light, Lord, yeah. and that you used him mightily that he has a testimony, Lord. We thank you for all the lives he's impacted through the gifting you've given him. And Lord, we, we think of the Apostle Paul, Lord, um, in his final days, he said he fought the good fight. And Lord, he was looking forward to heaven. And we know that Pastor Williams with you now rejoicing. And we, we, we thank you so much for him, Lord. We just pray that you, Lord God, the God of all comfort, will comfort those that are mourning at the moment. Yes, his, Lord. His daughter, his family, his friends, the church family across the world. And I pray, Lord, you will just, just touch their hearts now. You are the lifter of our heads, our hearts. I pray you will lift heads and hearts. And we give you all the glory, Lord. And again, Lord, I, I amen my brother Ham's prayer, Lord, that by your spirit, Lord, that, that his ministry, Lord, will still touch lives. Your word never yes. returns to you void, Lord, and his ministry will continue to touch lives, Lord. And Father, people that will gather, Lord, to hear um, about his life, Lord, that their lives will be touched and that we would even see some come to faith in you, Lord Jesus. Nothing is impossible for you. So thank you, Lord, for this man. Thank you for calling him. Thank you for using him. And thank you for taking him home. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And Pastor Steve, would you mind just praying for, for Winchester Higgins and Rick and, and Kim? And the entire Hagen's family, as they are still sure. uh, very much mourning the, the loss of Hannah. Um, they're, they're, I could still call them daughter-in-law. They, they look at her, they love that girl, like their daughter. Let's pray for the Hagen's family this morning. Oh, God. 
Lord God, Lord God, thank you, O God, that, Lord, we can come to you, O Lord, Lord, in, in grieving times, in difficult times, O God. And, uh, Lord, you're never too busy, Lord. Lord, you're you're not absent, O God. Oh, Father, Lord, but Lord, Lord, you have Lord, promised, Lord, Lord, to comfort those, Lord, who grieve, O God. Oh, Father, and, and today, God, Lord, we ask you, O God, oh, Lord, to go, Lord, to, to the Hagen's family, O God. Would you be with them, O God? We love them, Lord. They're ours, Jesus. Lord, they're our family, O God. Lord, they're our family, O God. It's one part of the body, Lord, that's suffering, O God. Oh, Father, Lord, along with our brothers and sisters in, in Summit, Lord, and Lord, yes, Lord, a part of the body, Lord, that suffers, oh God. And when one part suffers, Lord, we all suffer, oh God. And Oh, Father, Lord, our hearts go out to them, oh God. Lord, but I thank you, oh God. We can come, Lord, to you today, God, and ask you, Lord, Lord, would you go and comfort them, oh God. Lord, would you be with them, Jesus. Lord, would you lift their heads, Jesus. Lord, would you lift their hands, oh God. Would you lift their spirits, you, Lord. oh God. Thank Lord, you, would you bring, Lord, Lord, scriptures away, Lord, songs their way, oh God. Oh, Lord, comforters their way, oh God. Oh, Lord, and people, Lord, and, and through your spirit, oh God. Oh, Father, Lord, just come, Lord, and touch them, Lord. Be with them, oh God. Lord, protect yes, them, Winchester. God. We pray for that young man, oh God, oh Lord, who's, who's, suffer, who's suffered, Lord, oh Lord, we ask, oh God, Lord, would you yes. please, Lord, touch him, Lord, and, and comfort yes, him, Yes, Lord. Deeply, Lord, deeply, Lord. Yes, Lord name, God. Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Well, thank you, Pastor Paul, for joining us this morning. It's been delightful to see you, and really, really great to have you on. Thank you so much, and thank you to Maura as well for the tremendous testimony that you bring to the Lord there, Monaghan. Can I just remind everybody as well that this Sunday morning we do have a special guest, Pastor Carter Conlon, and um, we're really excited. He has something not just to say to Cork Church, but really to the Irish Church as well. He's been seeking the Lord for this message, and I think it's going to be a great blessing to us. I'm hoping that next Friday, I haven't got it confirmed, but I'm pretty sure we will, that he'll join us here on Streams in the Desert next Friday, and we'll discuss much of the message and what we feel the Lord is saying globally today in our time. That will be a very interesting conversation that will continue on. I'm hoping that as the weeks go on, that we'll develop more on the covenant conversations. A lot of those of you who watch want us to get a little bit more into the doctrine, which we will, and uh, into understanding of exactly where the twists lie in, 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 in truth and how, uh, uh, how we can stay Christ-centered in our preaching and in our representation of him. So again, the Lord bless you. Brother Ham, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Steve, you too. And Paul, bless you. And Kira, thank you for looking after the studio. God bless you all. Have a wonderful day. God bless, God bless you, Phoenix. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website. It's www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time.